So we've been talking about the different angles of the AI story in recent weeks. Some of them good, some of them bad, right? There's upsides and there's downsides to all of these new kinds of technology. And unfortunately, part of the problem is we don't fully recognize the potential downsides um, until it's too late. And that's part of what's happening with artificial intelligence. Um, Today, we're going to focus on its use in elections and election campaigns in particular. And it's already been deployed in several instances. One of them that grabbed a lot of headlines uh, last week or this week, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis uh, used an artificially generated image, or in other words, a completely and utterly fake photo, video actually, of his opponent Donald Trump hugging Anthony Fauci, which as you know, uh, is a real no-no in some circles of the Republican Party. So uh, it, it was a major crisis. Same thing happened um, in, a, in a Canadian election too. And um, it's scary. It's scary stuff as to where this might lead. We're going to chat with Sinead Bovell, who's a futurist and the founder of Way. Uh, Sinead, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. You know, this is, it's, it's, it's a really slippery slope. It's scary to see some of the stuff that can be done here. But that DeSantis video, that's just one instance where this has been deployed, right? These fake images. We've seen other ones. It's becoming more common. We should expect to see more, correct? Yes. Yeah, so I, I, the GOP also released an AI-generated video targeting President Biden, a kind of dystopian video of what could happen if, if Biden was re-elected. Uh, as you had mentioned, we had some uh, instances of uh, during our, our mayoral campaign right now, our mayoral election in Toronto. So AI is already being used. And we can expect it just to continue to play more of a role. Uh, so the conversation needs to shift to how do we actually safeguard this process or electoral process which is incredibly important uh, that we're not really moving quickly enough to um is it just images is it just video what else i mean because this isn't hard to do to gen those things that we saw like let's talk about the desantis one for example how hard is it to do that to create that is it difficult Right, and that's a really great question. Uh, so these tools that we've been talking about all year, the ones that have been going viral, uh, is largely because of how easy they are to use. That's really what's changed in the AI story in this past year. Uh, anybody can kind of co-create with this, with these systems, just through something as simple as a text prompt, generate this image of, of President Trump doing something or, or Dr. Fauci doing something. And that's why it becomes so, so challenging. The learning curve uh, is very, very low. So anybody can essentially adopt these tools for themselves and disseminate any type of content that they want. We have AI video generators, uh, audio generators. You can clone somebody's voice with just three seconds of audio, and, and most of us have some form of a digital footprint. Uh, and then, of course, there are the text generators, you know, the yeah. chat GPTs, and you could have an AI create uh, a document or a paragraph in the style of somebody else. Uh, so, you know, in the voice of Dr. Fauci, write why this is a very controversial medical procedure or not. So there's all of these different avenues we can deploy AI to kind of change the reality um, or paint a scenario that may not be true. What's more effective? Do we know? Are they equally effective? I mean, uh, it seems to me like the videos and the pictures would be very effective. But what about text? Uh, can that be pretty persuasive, too? Yeah, that's, that's a really great question. Um, and we have seen the research has started to show that AI-generated text can be more persuasive than human-generated text because we have to remember these systems are trained on pretty much anything humans have ever wrote that exists on the internet. So they've gotten really good at crafting persuasive arguments and not in an intentional way. These are just statistical models. They don't have intent. Uh, but they really learned the statistical distribution of human language. Uh, and then when you apply that to something like an argument you want to sway or to shape somebody's perspective, 
you can really do that very quickly, cheaply, and powerfully using AI. And we need to remember whether it's text generation, whether it's pictures, whether it's video, it's basically just lying, right? I mean, that's what it is. You're fabricating things. You're creating things that didn't happen. Yeah, I think it, it crosses a very interesting line. I think if it's not declared that it's AI generating, uh, you're being very deceptive. So if you you know put a uh, image out into the world that didn't actually happen, uh, or an audio clip of um, you know a candidate that they didn't actually say that, yeah. and you haven't declared this is AI generated, to me that's deception, uh, and to me that's a very very big red flag, especially in the context of elections. And I think a candidate that does that and chooses not to declare that it was AI generated, that's very misleading. Uh, and I think we should zoom into that quite. quite I agree quickly. with you. I agree with you 100%. We need to have some sort of boundaries put in, but. Let's Let's be clear, there are none right now, correct? Like, other than the ethics of a political candidate saying we're not going to do that, there is nothing stopping them from doing that. There's no rules around this, is there? Yeah, there there are no rules, right. So at this point in time, it's basically just I adhere to these values yeah. or, or personal ethics, but there's nothing kind of declarative or on a regulatory standpoint. And I think that is where we need to go, especially in the context of elections in a democracy. That's a really important process. And if we get so overwhelmed with AI-generated imagery and all of these different narratives, voters may actually unsubscribe from the process altogether because we feel like we don't know what's true, yeah. uh, and it becomes very overwhelming. So I think at the very minimum, the lowest hanging fruit is requiring candidates to declare when something's AI-generated. We might go further and decide, you know what, no AI-generated content in elections until we figure this out, but at the very minimum, I think the lowest hanging fruit is fruit is any AI-generated content pertaining to politics or elections needs to be declared quite visibly, too. Where could this go? Like I say, we, we've probably seen the DeSantis video or, or, or the one in the uh, Toronto mayoral race uh, also caused a lot of concern. Where might this end up going? I mean, it, this is in its infancy, right? So we could, we could see this take off to who knows what. Where do you think it might lead? So, and to not kind of doom and gloom all things, on the one hand, we're going to be able to communicate with voters more effectively so a candidate could say, you know, help me make this, this message more clear. I'm having trouble kind of articulating it. That could be great. Real-time language translation, uh, translating something so younger voters could understand and, you know, people that are older, all sorts of things could be great. But it also means when you combine something like uh, targeted advertisements and generative artificial intelligence, you could create custom ads for specific voters based on their specific demographics, knowing what would tweak them or persuade them to vote one way or another, which means we could have millions of different versions of reality that is targeted to each individual voter, which could be an absolute nightmare. You could also imagine a scenario where on you know, the eve of an election, an AI-generated audio clip of a potential candidate is leaked that isn't actually true, but it causes confusion that impacts how voters show up the next day. Uh, and it just means, you know, even our newsrooms are going to be a lot more overwhelmed uh, with artificial intelligence. And, and something I like to suggest is maybe we do see AI-generated or AI fact-checkers in newsrooms, um, all sorts of different ways to kind of safeguard. But yes, I think if we don't get ahead of this, this could march down a path that isn't great. And, you know, at the end of the day, the default setting in AI, it isn't safety. We have to set it that yeah. way. So we need to make the choices ahead of time so we don't go down these kind of scary rabbit holes. Yeah, I, I, you're, you're so right. I mean, if you take a look at where we've come just with the internet and with social media and how we can have absolutely completely different views of the world that we live in, 
and we don't share the same reality anymore. We can literally get to the point now where we, we, we don't know what reality even is. It can be skewed and recreated in a way that we can't tell it's being done. I mean, at some point, you get to the point where we won't even know what's real anymore. Yes, and I think that's the biggest uh, threat with, with AI-generated content. It's not just that we believe what's not true, but that we stop believing what is true because we're so disoriented in a sea of information. And at the end of the day, democracy requires, it just depends on a shared story, a shared set of facts. And with AI content, uh, AI-powered social media platforms, it's really distorting our, our shared version of reality, which is really troubling in a democracy. It's terrifying, really. Uh, Sinead, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Take care.